Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. All right, my guest today is Priyam Gandhi Modi. Priyam, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Kushal. Thank you for having me again. All right, uh, guys, just to give you a brief background. So a few days ago, I think it was the 5th May 2022, we heard an article uh, about an article about a report. It was titled, uh, it was published by the World Health Organization, which was called 14.9 million excess deaths associated with COVID-19 pandemic in the year 2020 and 2021. So I'm just going to be reading a summation of that. Uh, where they said new estimates from the World Health Organization show that the full death toll associated directly or indirectly with COVID-19 pandemic described as excess mortality between January 1st, 2020 and 31st December 2021 was approximately 14.9 million, the range being 13.3 to 16.6 million. And obviously a certain sector among that was given to India and uh, many claims were made there were also a couple of other studies that were once was by i think subramanian et al if i remember correctly uh Priya? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the chinmay tumbe study yeah and then there was another study so there were three studies in total basically the range of the studies if i remember correctly have claimed that the figure given by the government of india and the actual death figure yeah. The range is from some people saying 2x to 60x, right? That's the range yeah. they have given. So maybe we'll start like this. Could you maybe do this? Maybe you can yeah. give us a basic description yeah. of the claims made by those reports so that we can start with what were the claims of the reports and then we can maybe work out from there. Yeah, sure. So um, the, the WHO report we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. WHO. One. Okay, so the WHO report uh, again says that there are there have been about fifteen million excess deaths, and one third of those fifteen million they are attributing to India. So um, first of all, that is a ridiculous claim. Uh, second of all, they've categorized India in a tier two country. So alongside Egypt, Indonesia, Brazil, these kinds of countries, which are much smaller in size than India. They also have, you know, a much um, smaller, uh, you know, demography than, than we have, you know, just, just the scale of those countries is completely different than India's. So you cannot categorize us and use the same models that you use for small, much smaller countries in a large country like India's. Now, even more interesting is what they do with tier one countries. The tier one countries that they've used, they've just, they take what, they take the figures that the tier one countries give and assume that those figures are correct. That's where the problem... Yeah. Do they explain why they make this assumption of why the figures are yeah. correct? They say that the data collection process in those countries is much more advanced and superior so you can trust those figures um now india has relied on its data collection system for for ages and we've done so um quite well okay we are digitizing in fact 92 percent uh, of our you know of our mortality numbers are now digitized so between 2015 and 2019 itself so we are we are digitizing we're digitizing quickly now the numbers that the who technical advisory team had from india were numbers of only 17 states they've not disclosed which 17 states so they've used they've they've also not disclosed the time period of the numbers of those 17 states okay so basically They've used figures that they've gotten from 17 states, which we don't know which of those they are. It could be any of the 28 states or any of the union territories. We have no idea which ones and which time period. Perhaps they've only used numbers from those two months of the second wave. Who knows? You know, to arrive at uh, the excess mortality. They've not given us a time period that they've used those numbers, uh, you know, to to calculate the, you know, to, to kind of make the model work to calculate the deaths across two years of the pandemic. Hmm. Does that make sense? It doesn't. 
it doesn't yeah. pass the smell test if i was to say it yeah it doesn't it absolutely doesn't because uh, um like you know we we all know that the pandemic hit all of our states at very different times you know um although we did see sort of waves across two to an across a two to an a half month uh, period of time especially the second wave we saw the first wave you know because we had artificially flattened the curve with preemptive very strict preemptive measures we saw the first wave go you know go through three or four months starting from you know it, it kind of plateaued in uh, end of april may and it sort of stayed at that plateau for a for a good two months before it started to come down you know so in that you know that is the national curve but if you look at the state curves it, they go up and down at different times within those 3 4 months even during the second wave you know the up and down of the curve of each state was different like maharashtra and kerala were impacted at a different time in a different week than gujarat and madhya pradesh were impacted or a west bengal and assam was impacted even the intensity of it was different so using numbers from only 17 states and god knows from which time period and which weeks it doesn't make any sense it's not going to give you a good uh, base to make your mathematical calculation in the first place even the model that they are basing it off of when we had this conversation before kushal that they're basing it off of you know kalinsky's paper uh, in which they've tried to study kalinsky and team have tried to study the um what do they call it the excess mortality in argentina based yeah. on the numbers of one yeah, that to in a particular province in argentina cordoba right? yes just cordoba but what they've done to ensure that their model is correct is that they studied the intensity of the wave through the country and they saw that it was similar to the cordoba province so they put that disclosure that that disclaimer in their paper that if you're going to base any study on this model on our model then you like us like how we vetted the, the numbers you need to vet on your own that through the you know through uh, across the nation you know you're going to see the same intensity and across the same period of time only then my then our model is correct but that is not a disclaimer that who is uh, making which is which is sort of bad scientific practice honestly yeah but you know what something very interesting that actually uman uh, c korean hmm. <laughs> he pointed yeah. out so uman said something very interesting and i'll quote uman so uh, he quote tweeted the who and he said in other words who is suggesting that between 2020 and 2021 almost 15.5 million elderly that is 60 and above people have died in india that is 11.2% of the total 60 plus population in india that is if i was trying to extrapolate that what they are saying is holy shit one in 10 elderly person has died in india that is yeah. what the who report is literally claiming it is that means we should know somebody who has died of covid in a literal and figurative sense yeah yeah and it's not and that isn't true right like maybe in the urban centers where where the intensity of covid was high because of a higher uh, population density maybe you know we'll know somebody who has died of covid but in the rural areas and and we have so many areas that are completely cut off in the country right so those areas was spared like they, they you know the waves weren't as intense in those areas and you know all the dis- the the district administration will tell you that that they haven't seen intense covid waves like the cities have seen and even yeah. so and even so you know kushal also the other interesting thing is and like uh, i think dr shamika ravi has also written about this that um, in her earlier papers not in the recent one but in her earlier papers that because uh, because of how weak our healthcare infrastructure was when covid hit us most of our good healthcare facilities which are capable of handling severe disease were in um, semi urban and urban areas so anybody from the villages you know whose disease sort of progressed to severe 
moderate to severe they they went to the urban areas or the semi urban areas to seek treatment so if you're going to look at the death rates of only those areas you're going to see a spike there so if you're going to use those death rates then to calculate mortality for the entire country that's not going to work yeah not but even in let's say i take the urban area as the baseline so i did it in my print piece right i yes. took the excess yes. data of mumbai i based yeah. my model on two states right maharashtra yes. and maharashtra and kerala and in kerala i took the whole state data because they have a better robust data mechanism and in maharashtra i picked mumbai because yeah. mumbai has a very robust data mechanism so even if i was to take all the excess states the deaths that were given in that particular period by the bmc i could not clock a figure more than 2x yeah i could not yeah. clock it so yeah. so my my problem with this entire who model is it they are basing it on kalinsky okay so diva had written uh, an Correct. essay with uh, anant nageshwaran in live yes. so what so i want to quote a specific part of yeah. her essay because it is behind yeah. a paywall so most people must not have read it also that yeah. is a problem that so problem. so i'm just going to read it so Diva and Anant Nageshwaran say what is even more surprising is that the WHO claims to have validated this model this model is the Karlinsky model in a simulation for which it provides no details but did not do it empirically even though it is simpler and easier to validate it empirically one it could have implemented this model on countries for which both subnational and national data is available and verified if the model implied national acm matches the actual observed acm two the who could have implemented the model on pre pandemic subnational and national data from india and verified if the model implied acm matches the reported pre pandemic acm for india now what basically what they are trying to say is that they did not even wait for any kind of numbers that came out of india they yeah. just went into this uh, i don't know how to say it but in simplistic bhasha they just crunched some numbers into an excel sheet they yeah. based some extrapolations and then they clicked a button go yeah, and then yeah. whatever yeah. came in the end of that is the yeah. final number what they are doing yeah. but yeah. now it, the fact is that the you know crs data is out right the crs yeah. report of 2020 is out. is out yeah 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 20, 2020 is out so let me just share uh, the page for our uh, you know sort of the benefit of the viewers so that at yeah. least uh, at least they know what 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 is up so let me let me just pull it up just give me a moment yeah all right let me pull the thing up all right so this was the case right this is the yeah. claim so death registration has increased by 4.7 lakhs in the year 2020 as compared to 2019 there was an increase of 4.87 lakhs and 6.90 lakhs in death registration in the year 2018 and 19 crs report covers data on registered deaths not cod the cause of death data publishes in the mccd report as per the draft mccd report yet to be published Out of the total registered deaths, eighty-one lakhs fifteen thousand eight eighty-two lakhs, eighteen lakhs eleven thousand six eighty-eight have medically certified uh, cause of death. Out of the eighteen lakh eleven thousand six eighty-eight medically certified deaths, one lakh sixty thousand six hundred eighteen have been certified as COVID deaths in two thousand twenty. And then obviously the highlights of the death registration are given in deaths due to COVID in twenty twenty-one, twenty-two, and the total. And uh, this is the number of claims settled and ex gratia relief. From SDRF as on twenty fourth March two thousand twenty two, which was twenty four thousand two twenty nine. Now let's not stop here. There was another interesting guy whose whose tweet I came across. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, bless these people who are vela like me who go about, uh, um, you know, looking at data. So there's this guy called Bollywood Numbers, and he okay. was focusing only on the ex gratia settlement numbers by state. So he looked yeah. at twelve states. It was yeah. fascinating, huh? So, so this is the handle. So I'm sharing it so that I like to give credit to people. Of so course. So he's saying COVID nineteen exclusion status update as on February third, two thousand twenty two. Note data source from Supreme Court document. I have just changed Kerala data with latest data taken from state's real time dashboard. Let's look at the data over here. And this is the data. So it's not like there is not. Now, why am I putting this exclusion status detail up? 
So what he says is so far 12 states have received more excretia applications than officially registered debts and eight states dispersed excretia payments more than officially registered debts. So my point here is this, while I leave this on the screen as of now is, look, there is no incentive in a country like India to not declare COVID debts. Mm. When you clearly have a scenario where if you have pass away due to COVID, the state is actively going to support you with monetary help. And India has different political parties. First of all, the, the death data is not generated by the state government. It is generated by the municipality. The yeah. municipality collates the data, gives it to the state government. The state yeah. government then collates the data and then mm. gives it to the central authority. That's how yeah. death data collection is done in India. You know, Most yeah. people may not even know that, by the way. So yeah, in yeah, that yeah. case, you have, so I raised this point in my article in the print was that, okay, let us assume every single state was ruled by BJP in this country, right? Then you have a monumental conspiracy where BJP wants to hide something. But here, yeah. Bengal is not BJP governed. Maharashtra is not BJP governed. Many other states in India are not BJP governed. How the hell has every political party come up with this, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, let us all join hands kind of a grand conspiracy where we will not declare data. Or on the other hand, there are cases through this guy, he has clearly shown that many states, they have applied because let me tell you, politicians will never leave an opportunity to take paisa out of the public exchequer money to give it to their voters. Of course. So it... It makes no intuitive sense to me. So now tell me, what do you think about this whole thing? So there are three things. If Let's assume for a moment that the WHO numbers were correct. Let's assume for a moment that 15 million, out of 15 million excess deaths, 5 million did take place in India. Okay, let's assume that that is correct. We should have seen three things in if that, if that number was right. Number one, um, like you said, the, this, this, this should have been a ground-up conspiracy. Every, every state, every municipality, you know, every panchayat, every household should have been in on this conspiracy and the data should have been fudged from ground up to see these kinds of, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, numbers. Anyway, that's one. Uh, number two, this would have caused great civil unrest. Sociologically, if you think about it, if these many people died in a short period of time, you see now they are saying 20 and two, 2020 and 2021, but actually people died when the waves were severe, right? That's when most people died of COVID. So if four, 5 million people died in a matter of say two months in 2020 and maybe two months in 2021, we would have seen great civil unrest. And, and complete resentment towards political structure. But what, we, what we've seen through the elections that have happened in the two pandemic years is that most states have retained governments that, are, that were already there. Whether they are, you know, the, the BJP governments or their opposition governments, most states have retained those governments, which shows that that there wasn't much resentment towards political leadership in the minds of the people, right? Um, and again, and the third thing, and the last thing is that the death compensation numbers should have added up and matched. Mm -hmm. So none of these three things are matching that 5 million figure that the WHO is quoting. Now, why does this fail the smell test? Okay. Before this report came out, Kushal, you probably remember uh, that it was leaked to sections of the global media. The numbers oh, yeah. were leaked and only Indian numbers were leaked. Okay. And now, see, now, abhi pe I want to again say this, that aap chronology samajhi that, <laughs> <laughs> that those numbers were leaked then the uh, then this uh, and and at that point uh, many many cities in china were completely locked down okay people there were desperate cries for help going on in china their zero covid strategy was failing okay now who was not coming forth and calling them out at that point in time 
okay so they just came out and they released this report in a very rash rush sort of way leaked the data then this full uproar and noise started india said that we don't accept this then two weeks later they actually released this report all our state uh, uh, health ministers were at the chintan shivir they were all appalled together they said that this is wrong this is misleading these numbers are not correct and we don't accept it across political parties okay and quietly meekly in a matter of days after that in a very watered down statement who said china's zero covid strategy does not work there's like uh, more uh, you know f- dynamic and uh, agile and uh, uh, you know agile strategies are the need of the hour okay so it seems like this entire focus this bad unhealthy focus on india was purposefully done so that this criticism of china could just be sort of you know watered down and kind of brushed under the carpet it really comes across like that and of course to better understand that you have to understand how how the elections sort of happened how dr tedros you know came to be the director general what kind of chinese support he sought and got uh how how china lobbied you know to to get him to be director general you know to if you understand all of that history from 2017 the complete disenchantment from the american president then uh president trump you know you'll see that you know who under dr tedros has always been servile to chinese interests even when the election campaign was going on and all the candidates were flying from country to country jet setting across the world to lobby for their candidature um at that point there were allegations see dr tedros is not a doctor he's not a medical clinical doctor he's a biologist and he has been a career politician is he like zakir naik <laughs> he has been he has been a career politician in Ethiopia and even when his campaign was going on which is a which was a very tense campaign there were allegations that he covered up a cholera outbreak under his watch as health minister in Ethiopia so this is not covering up things is not new for him so you know while at that point this was just a matter of fact thing in world affairs that you know china supported his nomination and became director general the true impact of this the fact that member states ignored this and let this happen you know the human race paid price for that in 2020 mhm mhm and we're Now, still seeing that political bias you know in all these Trump, reports these excess yeah. mortality reports and all that that come out Now I'm going to stick to the CRS data again. Unfortunately, again, Shamika's latest piece in the Indian Express, I think it was, yeah, if yeah. I remember, yeah. Again, yeah. that is also <laughs> that is also behind the paywall. A problem here is that the good statistical analysis wale piece hote ho, paywall yeah, yeah. Hote to, yeah. so paywall can't be read. So, that aadmi aake padh bhi nahi pata usko. So that that's a huge problem. So again, I want to read three four paragraphs so that people get a context, right? So in the Indian context provisions for of the registration of births and deaths act of 1969 require every death to be registered within 21 days of the event the civil registration system crs which is quote defined as a unified process of continuous permanent compulsory and universal recording of the vital events and characteristics thereof as per legal requirements in the country is the repository of all registered births and deaths in the country The CRS reports data at the national, state, and district levels. In the context of the pandemic, the CRS has become the go-to place for estimating excess deaths in India. Registered deaths during the pandemic are compared to an average of registered deaths before the pandemic baseline estimates to produce estimates of excess deaths. However, careful research of the death data from CRS has repeatedly revealed serious shortcomings. For example, for 2019, before the pandemic, research C. Rao et al. showed that the crs data on deaths 4.64 million undercounted the number of dead by 2.28 million which was systematically more severe for the elderly above 60 years and the children under 5 years who accounted for 56% and 30% respectively of the additional deaths not surprisingly 
they also found that adjustments in the states of bihar jharkhand madhya pradesh maharashtra rajasthan and uttarakhand accounted for 75% of the additional deaths now why these states are very important is the time these states were uh, are covered they had different governments what i'm trying to say is at that time madhya pradesh was ruled by someone else maharashtra is ruled by someone else rajasthan someone else this is not a bjp conspiracy that's why i'm reading this whole whole bit this implies that death data from the crs mainly to produce the baseline estimates before the pandemic compared with registered death data during the pandemic is not a reliable source of death unless adjustments are made for sex age and location it is important to reiterate that in 2019 the crs reported an overall registration of 7.64 million deaths which was 92% of the overall deaths estimated by the sample registration system however according to these researchers after adjustments were made for age gender and location the total death count for 2019 was 9.92 million therefore the overall level for registration or completeness of death data after adjustments for age sex and location was 77% which was 15 percentage points lower than that was reported by the crs now the point is that death data calculation now this is part 1 the death data calculation in india is problematic in multiple ways having said that this was not a covid year so what the media is implying is it is very important to understand why i read this portion of the pre pandemic deaths data the media is implying there is some grand conspiracy going on the global media where indian government and modi is hiding something we're not hiding anything deaths were miscalculated even before covid happened in india and it's just a very slow process i mean i remember kerala ke case mein they calculated the deaths of 2017 in 2020 and 21 so what are you going to do correct no and also you look at the number even what dr ravi is saying by 15% they got it off by 15% so if we are saying we had about 5 lakh official deaths and if you are undercounting it by an average of 15% based on what dr shamika ravi is saying you are still not going to reach that 5 million number that who is saying <laughs> yeah you know? i know um and and even funnier even funnier so after so india they say has 5 million excess deaths then they are saying that the us has uh, 1.5 million excess deaths then they are saying russia also has 1.5 then they are saying brazil and indonesia have some 1 million or something they are saying all these people together so we all make up 10 million and then the rest of the world makes up uh, the other 5 million of the 15 million okay china according to who according to their excess mortality report has negative excess mortality okay kuch 52000 log hai na ha kuch wo negative hai matlab they are they have reported matlab unke death kam hai मोर्टेलिटी but who has pegged it in the negative to main jo aapko bias ki baat kar rahi hu this stinks this report stinks of bias yep i i agree with you but the best bit is the china one ke china mein log mar hi nahi rahe china mein to marta hi nahi hai pandemic mein to bilkul nahi mare yeah yeah that that's the funny bit another part see we have to share all this is again they relied on the sea water tracker survey right yeah i mean that is also another dangerous thing i mean so what sea water does is self reported data from telephonic surveys with no yeah. all field verification so what sea water did was han ji aapke ghar mein koi mara hai covid se mara hai ha sir mara hai ye matlab ye ye sea water ne jo kiya hai na again i have to use that filmy analogy of pyar kiya ja wo mehmood tum prakash camera kutte ki aankhon par 
कुत्ते की आंखों से आंसू आ रहे हैं कैमरा आसमान पे आसमान से बारिश हो रही है यानी दुनिया भर के कुत्ते रो रहे हैं ये उन्होंने लिटरली हरकत की है सी वॉटर ने सी वॉटर ने क्या किया उन्होंने रैंडमली कॉल किया लोगों को उससे उन्होंने एस्टिमेट किया सारे इंडिया में कितनी एक्सेस डेथ हुई है हाउ कैन यू टेक दिस सीरियसली इज समिंग दिस इज बियॉन्ड मी and also the technical advisory committee of the who and the members of the technical advisory committee are also very suspicious people like if and they've not gotten a lot of things correct in the two years of the pandemic i'm going to give you one instance and then you know we can everybody can google the names of the members the other members but i'll give one example dr brahmar mukherjee she appears very frequently on um, very select uh, media channels and she's been doing that through the pandemic she was one of the premier doomsday predictors for the country at the beginning of uh, march 2020 uh, a few months uh uh-uh, a few weeks before the delta wave hit us she went out and she gave a statement saying that now india has a wall of immunity and the virus is on its way out she's a she's one of the important members of this technical advisory committee that has done this study for the who so how can you take people like these whose credibility is already doubtful and plus they are using an even more doubtful statistical model so how how you know and why is the world not questioning this it's very very surprising but s- several countries have india has questioned it india has also said that they will contest these numbers at an appropriate place at an appropriate forum at an appropriate time now who was that other guy who was interviewed by barkha lakshmi narayan or something ramanand doctor ha ha ramanand lakshmi narayan he then then dr shahid jamil all these people have been doomsday predictors for india Yeah, so see, I have always said, you know, these people are such a Hindus. They genuinely believe in rebirth. Oh, mere jaise nastik nahi hai. So they are like, hum mate, fir paida hote hai, fir hum mar jate hai, fir hum paida hote hai, hum marte rehte hai, paida hote rehte hai. Covid mein aur kuch ho nahi raha hamari. Another interesting piece I'll tell you. Again, Uman uh, had written hmm. this on the first of April, two thousand twenty-two. So at that time, he was talking about the the. Institute for Health Matrix and Evaluation (IHME) they had presented an excess uh, estimate of excess mortality from the pandemic in 191 countries, including India, and the results were published in the Lancet. By the <coughs> way, so uh, I'm going to read what Uman says. He talks about questionable conclusions. Although there have been several other similar efforts, a global race of sorts was on the. on to bring out the first estimate of global covid-19 related excess deaths in a peer reviewed journal the ihme team has won that race however this estimate is problematic for several reasons first any estimate is only as good as the quality of data available how uncertainty is incorporated in the model and the nature of the assumptions made secondly during the pandemic attributing deaths to covid-19 per se and disaggregating the data between non-covid and covid-19 deaths have been a fraught have been a fraught with difficulty thirdly assuming death reporting for pre-pandemic times as a proxy for death reporting during the pandemic is not correct in this context it is wrong to assume that 41 lakh are additional deaths or that these are these that these were covid-19 deaths as media articles have been claiming and again you have report after report coming and spewing these absurd numbers now let me explain something very simple which i did based on my experience as someone who has worked at a shop floor and who understands how manufacturing bottlenecks are created so i used a very simple so when they were saying you know they put all those photos of crematoriums being overloaded you know there are so many so i went in my area which is chembur ghatkopar i just went to all the crematoriums in mumbai in chembur ghatkopar so to my utter shock i found out that oh so all covid cremations were not done in all crematoriums so apparently there was this protocol that they have to follow and because those protocols have to be followed they reduce the number of crematoriums in mumbai in total so what does that do that creates an unnecessary pressure on the crematoriums itself 
because others can't do it only these crematoriums yeah. have to do now definitely yeah. during covid during that period there is a spike in deaths that i'm yeah. willing to accept because eggs yeah. are deaths hoti hai now in that they force these people to make the crematoriums 24 hours yeah 24 hours mein bhi suddenly ye log staff kahan se layenge because unfortunately in india we are a caste based society and certain jobs are done by certain castes so in that situation we end up in a situation where we overburden the crematoriums and then these people say oh the crematoriums are overburdened so something fishy is happening now this is like a circular loop you first create an artificial scarcity and then to deal with that artificial scarcity you come up with absurd uh, conclusions so h- how does one decipher the truths then yeah yeah that's what that's what so like i feel like this is just you know it kind of uh, set the base to uh, you know these pictures and these videos that came out even of the shallow uh, cremations on the banks of the ganga um, the the problem was not that there are so many people dying that there was not enough place in the crematoriums and that's why people were buried on the banks of the ganga or bodies were thrown in that was not the problem the problem was the money that each hindu cremation cremation is you know costs about 4 to 5000 rupees and people at that time at that point in time didn't have that kind of money uh, you know due to due to the impact of covid so but as soon as the namami gange funds came in those cremations stopped on the banks of the river so this is a this is narrative setting that has been done from you know from the from i think 2020 since the migrants crisis began and now we got see it. it playing out like this got it got it now okay let me start taking a few questions because i mean we can bust the data till uh, till whatever so okay so somebody has asked the wire has an interview with jonathan wakefield in the interview he claims that the indian government was informed of the methodology 6 months in advance and then the indian government delayed the report for political reasons is there any truth to these so allegations the, the indian government was informed of the methodology and the indian government government has contested that methodology methodology since the time it was informed of it we have ne- the indian government has never approved of this methodology they've they've asked several times to give you know that you know to the technical advisory group that give us the names of the 17 states on which you're basing the data we've not even been given that mm. no but uh, in that case uh, my my whole confusion here is that even if they told the indian government in advance what do they expect from the indian government is what i'm trying to understand the indian government would say that we have this crs data that is available for this 2020 and part 2021 so use that then we'll give you the rest of the data as and when you know we collate that data based on the speed of our system so use that on ground data right use that data why are you using this mathematical model which is not working and why are you rushing into announcing these numbers okay so what if somebody said that accusing these folks of uh, some grand conspiracy to malign india is also a stretch what what would you say to that then i mean look at what has happened in other countries like in entire nursing homes have been wiped out in some of the western nations uh but you know why why is nobody asking questions why is nobody asking questions to the who about the negative mortality in china when today when even today you see how bad the situation is that they have to wall up their busy streets in shanghai and some of the other cities so only india has done a bad job everybody else has done a great job is that what a, a global organization like the who is trying to stay, say and and all of the media narratives that are coming out of it okay another accusation that constantly gets thrown out is that especially you know the the complexity of models the complexity of models right so somebody might come and say the reason you have to use complex models is because governments undercount the deaths for multiple reasons some of them being political so what do you say to that then absolutely i mean how Okay, if you want to use a model, use use a sound one. 
okay use a sound model that has enough scientific rigor and enough confidence that if any other scientific group uses that model on the same population they should be able to yield that interval range of interval that the who's model is yielding but it's not even that scientifically sound nobody else would be able to arrive at the same numbers and who themselves over the last two weeks since the time they have announced this report they have changed the interval the range for india three times already where now i think it's something i think the interval they are using is 1 million excess deaths to 9 million excess deaths that is the current situation so why are they continuously changing is it that they don't have confidence in their own model or the model is just spitting out new numbers every day like what is the reason yeah that is very interesting actually that is something i would like to share too because that was another thing that i started cracking up about so even uman had shared this too so over the uh, uman had tweeted this on 12th may he says not sure if anyone has noticed but over the last week who has revised the uncertainty intervals of their india estimates thrice first 6th may 2022 uh, india range 3.3 to 6.5 million then 9th may india range 2.7 to 5.3 million then 10th may india range 1.4 to 9.3 million yeah so basically have... now now to, to validate themselves they are saying that now we basically take guarantee of our model that there are 1.4 ex- million deaths excess in india from the 5 million that created such a stir in the media now they are very slightly quietly changed it to 1.5 million yes i don't get it right i mean now you remember that 2021 scroll article where uh i think it was rukmini yeah rukmini s had written madhya pradesh saw nearly three times more deaths than normal after second wave of covid-19 struck again they all go by these you know municipality reports that are done they don't wait for the data to be collated they don't wait for the data to come out see what they don't understand is that every single government boss i don't know how to say it india mein politician corrupt hai उनके लिए एक्सग्रेशिय पेमेंट का वसूली करना अरे वो तो नकली मरे हुए लोगों को पैदा करेंगे कोविड से सिर्फ कोविड का पैसे का स्कैम करने के लिए बॉस हाउ कैन यू से इंडियन पॉलिटिशियंस आर करप्ट एंड एट द सेम टाइम दे आर हाइडिंग द डेथ नंबर्स मतलब आई एम होप आई एम वेरी कॉन्फिडेंट बाय द ईयर 2023 एंड 24 वी विल हैव कोविड डेथ स्कैम जहां पे पॉलिटिशियंस हैव डिक्लेयर्ड एक्सेस डेथ्स एंड वसूलोफाइड पैसा बाद में पता चला वो बंदा ही नहीं था are and you look at our political landscape the the bjp supporters and the non bjp supporters there's such a deep wedge between the two groups and they really the non bjp supporters really hate the prime minister with a vengeance you know that we see it on social media so just to put him down just to put that one person down the states the opposition ruled states would have shown excess mortality numbers just to put him down on the global stage but they didn't so yeah. there's a reason they didn't because it didn't happen <laughs> nearly not as much okay so another question that has come by is would this report in courts have any real diplomatic economic repercussions for india if yes in what way should we yeah. counter this more strongly yeah so the prime minister uh, a couple of days ago in the in his speech at the second covid global conference uh, called for reform of the who because it is not doing the job that it was created to do that is i mean that is that something i'm adding but he said the who needs reform and uh, that india should play a key role and is willing to play a key role in uh, in this in reforming the who now these are his his words diplomatically now what the takeaways are obviously that the who has failed to protect the world it has failed to do the job that it was created to do it does need reform it needs member states to come together and why why can india play a key role because india's geopolitical positions in the recent times have been very strong have been neutral but very strong 
we have embedded ourselves into global supply chains very, very deeply. And we are in a position of strength to be able to oversee such a big overhaul of uh, an organization like the WHO that is responsible for the health of the human race. Mm -hmm. All right. One more question has been asked. So this was, why doesn't India come up with its own model to counter it? Government has enough resources. I have no answer for this. But why, why, why should we come up with a model when we have actual record of deaths? It's just taking a little bit longer than the WHO wants to announce it at. But we're going to get the numbers. Why should we do any kind of statistical modeling? When we have a record of the numbers, you do statistical modeling when you don't have numbers. Like you do statistical modeling to estimate, for example, how much COVID would have spread if we didn't take preemptive steps, you know, do you do statistical modeling for that kind of stuff, you know, to predict something that you are never going to get numbers for? Here you're going to get numbers. You're going to get numbers a little bit later than the WHO wants them, but you're going to get actual recorded numbers. So why should we come up with a model? Fair enough. I guess what they would say is that um, if the government does not want such models and such uh, things yeah. to be thrown at them, the government could have come up with its own modeling and, you know, maybe preempted something like this. I'm just, I'm just trying to play the devil's yeah. advocate here. I'm trying to think yeah. what they would have said. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, modeling, mo no kinds of models are as accurate as actual records. Right. So if you really want to achieve the purpose that an excess mortality study is done to achieve that to, to so that we can learn pandemic lessons for the future then you have to rely on more reliable means like actual records versus <laughs> hypothetical numbers coming out of a model which is not scientifically accurate hmm. yeah i mean uh, even i was trying to think about this like why why would a government try to hide it like it's clear now that the CRS data has come out that there are discrepancies in the COVID death numbers. Nobody can deny that. It's quite clear yeah. as daylight. And even the yeah. government itself is by sharing the data, acknowledging it. Now, yeah. what is interesting is that in the assumptions are the every single number of excess debt that is added to the COVID, uh, to the CRS data, all of them are COVID. reaction normal so sad to hear as if अगर heart attack आ गया तो तेरी मौत क्या useless आदमी heart attack से मर रहा है तो covid से मरना चाहिए तुझे yeah so yeah, it's, it's yeah. like that so I think covid has kind of short circuited everybody's uh, brain functionality especially but now this is my last question before I read some words to wrap it up and this is because look I myself I'm a man of data statistics science yeah. and it scares me when one institution after other fails. Like we, I cannot forgive the WHO for how its behavior in COVID. I just cannot forgive them. They have just let China go scot-free. Now in such a scenario, when the data generators are full of shit, the modelers are full of shit, the organizations who are supposed to be our watchdogs are full of shit. We can't just say, you know, every man or every woman or every whatever gender for himself. We still need data. We still need models. We need. We still need all these things. So what is the road forward then, Priyam? I think what the Prime Minister is suggesting that we, India needs to not stay, sit on the fence anymore. We need to take lead. We need to get members, similar thinking member states together. We need to propose reforming the body and reforming it in a non-political, non-biased sort of a way so that it does the job that it is carved out to do. That is the only way to do this if you're looking at global interest. Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I, I sincerely hope you are right and uh, my pessimism, I'm usually a very optimistic person, but my pessimism uh, kind of... Uh, this. 
the way things have gone in covid and many organizations that have failed us uh, it has scared me but i sincerely hope uh, you know you are right and i am wrong in the no, long run I on mean, this one look you know we we talked about global narratives before and it shouldn't and for the audiences who are listening you know we i, I do want to conclude by saying this that it shouldn't surprise uh, even if we see more vicious attacks on india in the near future in terms of pandemic handling because a we are fighting uh, you know chinese backing uh, we are fighting the big pharma lobbies by not taking up their vaccines and not taking up their products so we are fighting some of the very very big guys who are funding global media organizations we are taking very independent positions than them and not relying on them so we are going to see and despite that despite that we are succeeding in terms of securing our people in terms of embedding ourselves into global supply chains in in terms of our geopolitical geopolit- strengths so you are you are bound to see more vicious attacks from international narratives and international organizations so we should just brace ourselves for that fair enough guys i'll just leave you with a few words by shamika ravi i think i really liked the ending of her essay in indian express she says from 2015 to 2019 due to massive digitization efforts the level of death registration has improved drastically from 75.3% to 92% across india this is huge by the way you know i was shocked however this remains a work in progress with several shortcomings a staggering 2.28 million deaths approximately 23% of the total deaths were not accounted for in the crs death data even in 2019 the situation was exponentially worse in earlier day years with low levels of death registration the pandemic has provided a window of opportunity to invest heavily in building a robust and reliable infrastructure that collects timely data on vital statistics such as births deaths and migrations this should be a project of national importance and deemed an urgent priority requiring complete cooperation of central and state governments such an infrastructure would become the cornerstone of public health in india i think these are wonderful words that shamika dr shamika ravi has written over here because try and understand the period she talks about from 2015 to 2019 is also the period of you know narendra modi's government so there is no grand conspiracy here obviously the current government is trying to work towards more accurate data prediction i have for one put my neck on the line and said yes there are excess covid deaths and it must be in the realm of 2x but the point is that these kinds of studies that make absurd claims of 60x 50x 10x 15x and they're literally pulling these figures out of their ass i don't know where else they are pulling it out of they just pull it out of their ass they just harm the overall discourse you might hate modi man who cares keep hating him but don't play the footsy with somebody's death yeah. you know these are serious issue you know you put figures of crematoriums because it might be sexy for you it's not for us so yeah, yeah it's just sad the way it is uh, priyam once again yeah. thanks a lot for coming and uh, chatting with me it's always a pleasure thank to you. speak with you thank you kusha thank you for having me All right, guys. We'll wrap today's discussion up. So before we wrap again, uh, today's chat. Go to the description of the podcast. There, I have linked Priyam's Twitter handle and her book, which she had written. We spoke about the book on, in in the previous podcast. So if you've not bought her book, please go and buy it. Other than that, you know the drill. Please subscribe to the Charvak Podcast channel. Like the video. Leave your comments. You can also go on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. You can also support me by becoming a member on YouTube, Patreon, buying the merch or by UPI. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.